Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou, and just sporting my Unbound Gravel XL t-shirt that I got from participating as a rider, a racer at Unbound XL 2023, where I almost finished the course. That's right. I missed the last cutoff at 11 p.m. on Saturday night. I was told to leave the the course. I did. I had 45 miles left to go. I should have gone. I should have went for it. I should just went and finished the race. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and I just remember saying, Hey, Sylvie, I said I was going to finish this race and it wasn't going to be pretty. And it wasn't going to be pretty if I had finished that race because it was horrific. If you've anybody has ever listened to or watched the videos of this year's 2023 mud fest, um, it was horrific. Those two 200 milers have nothing to complain about compared to what was on the XL course. We had the mud at night, we had the mud in the morning, we had the mud in the afternoon, and we had the mud finishing. I didn't get to see the finishing mud. But anyways, so I went out there to finish and I got 45 miles from the finish. I should have went for it. But anyways, this episode is going to be epic. I was able to bump into Raish McBride at the expo area at Unbound Gravel. Um, It was amazing able to get a photo with Raish was epic. I'm going to be sharing that photo um, on my socials. But the thing is that um, this is what gravel is all about. It's like getting to know people, getting to see them every once in a while at these events. And she and they are just an amazing human. Um, And uh, she Rach has been on the episode before, uh, on the podcast before at 199. Um, So you can go back and listen to our first chat together. However, I asked Rach to come back and talk about her experience um, racing with the non-binary category. Last year, Rach raced with lifetime grand prix as one of their athletes this time race stood on the start line with the non-binary category and i asked if she could if race could talk about her experience being in 
the 200 miler. Uh, they was it was an epic race, as you know, through all social media. Um, but what was it like for Raish? I hope you enjoy this episode because just comparing our two uh, experiences, you will find like everybody goes through something different. I can just imagine. So I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Deo. And we have the amazing Raish McBride from Vancouver, who's our fellow pro cycling Canadian. Yay! And um, so before we get into it, I interviewed her last year, probably maybe about this time, maybe a little bit earlier, episode 199. So if you want to go back and check out that one, you can. But I got to meet this amazing woman, non-binary, sorry. <laughs> Can I say that? We had this no. discussion before. No. Yeah, no, yeah. So <laughs> I don't identify as a woman. I identify okay. as non-binary. My pronouns are they, them. They, them. Okay, this amazing human. I can say that. That's perfect. All right. At Unbound. And I couldn't believe it. I was just I'm like, oh. I mean, how could you not miss like your hair, the tats, and just like your your energy? And I'm like, I can't believe there's British. And so I went over and I got a picture with her. Yeah. And um, so that was like almost like the highlight, just being able to meet you like in person um, at Unbound. So why we're we're bringing Raish back is because she participated in the non-binary category of 200, the 200 miler in Unbound. And I did Excel. Crazy, I know. Um, and what we're going to do is I asked her to come here to talk about what it was like to race as a pro athlete in that capacity, because we all know, and if you've seen any of the commentary or the videos on Excel, you know, or Unbound this year, it was all about the mud, it was all about, you know, controversy around that and maybe doing some you know roundabouts or whatever but I wanted to bring her in here and see we both got our shirts on <laughs> yay um to talk about what it was like for Raish at in her event or their event, their event. um so let's start yeah like yeah yeah, it was a it was a really interesting year this year, a little bit different than last year. You know, I was part of the Grand Prix last mm -hmm. year. And so there was like, it was a strange mix of like, I'm racing the pro women's field, but I'm also racing in the non binary category. This year, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't join the Lifetime Grand Prix. And so I'm just racing with the non-binary category and what they did differently this year was separate the start. So it was a pro men start then the pro women start and then the rest of the field. Um, right. And so I chose to start with the rest of the field because that's mm -hmm. where my racers are um, that mm -hmm. I'm being against. And um, yeah, it was um, a very different dynamic for sure than last year. Um, particularly I mean it's always just kind of like a terrifying and chaotic start when you have like thousands of riders yeah. um and it's you know supposed to be this neutral start until you like hit the gravel but it's still like yeah, right but still it's like thousands yeah like yeah that's just 
were you able to be on the front line? Uh, yeah, I got up right at the front. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At least okay. you got that right. Cause like, yeah. then you can lead out and not get like tied up in the back, but, totally. but of course, like, even if you're not with a lifetime Grand Prix, you're still with like super competitive people at the front. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, so absolutely. let's talk about like your whole lead up to that and, and your thoughts, like what, what was your plan? Well, I, yeah, I knew from like the race last year that um, you really have to like go harder than you think in the beginning for quite a while. Like, I think I, I, you know, last year my heart rate was jacked for like an, the first hour. And at some point I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. Like I have to calm down or I'm going to like not be able to finish this race. Um, and, uh, this year I just like knew that was going to be the case going in. I was like, okay, this is it. Like, we're gonna like go hard from the start and just see where we end up. But then of course, you know, fight like 45 minutes or less into the race, you hit this giant mud patch, which everybody was anticipating every, I think people who were paying attention knew yeah. it was going to yeah. be there. Um, yeah. And I had always heard the like legend of this insane Kansas Flint Hills mud, mud. peanut butter mud, <laughs> but I had never experienced before. And I was terrified so, of it. But did you do it last year? I raced last year. Yeah. And there was like a little bit of mud, but nothing like what, like this, this was okay. Um, like last year, you just kind of like, you couldn't ride it. It was too slippery. It didn't actually like oh, go your drivetrain right. or anything. And so you were just like walking and it was like later in the day. It wasn't like within the first hour of the race. Uh -huh. um, and so, um, I was terrified of it ripped. Like I've heard stories of people's drivetrains just getting ripped yeah. apart by this mud. And so I was like quite terrified about that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, it really like, it was, it was nuts. I think it would, we hit the mud and it just kind of felt like chaos because like some, everybody sort of like rode into it for the right. most part. And then like, I think the smarter folks didn't ride into it and like, just got up on the sides on the grass and rode like yeah. that through that and i think that mm. would have been a much smarter idea from the start because was was those lines in the grass already there i didn't because it's not the it's and not the section we went through was it i don't know what the xl course mm. i don't because we went it was like mid it was like 11 p.m right. when i hit this section but i'm not sure if it was part of your section right you know what i mean yeah 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 I'm sure there were already tracks like left by the, um, but you know, there were a couple of hundred riders who had already gone through there by the right. time you got there. So I'm sure there were some. Oh, that's right. Cause tracks. you had the pros in the, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it just kind of turned into chaos. Like I basically rode into it until my bike wouldn't move anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so this is happening. <laughs> and, <laughs> this is what know, they're talking about. Picked, yeah, picked my bike up, moved over to the side, like basically spent five seconds, like scraping as much mud off of 
the wheels as I could, like in between the wheels and the frame as I could, so that I could at least get the bike rolling again. Did and you then, bring your, did you bring your spatula or anything? Oh my gosh. So I had, I was like, so prepared. I had it in my, the back pocket of my Jersey. And of course, when I reach around to find it, it's not there. Like it must've oh. in oh like the first 30 minutes of the ride. And I'm like, of all the things like, oh jesus so prepared and not prepared <laughs> yeah um so yeah i lost that which would have been really helpful um mm -hmm. but basically my tactic was to um if i couldn't like actually ride the bike i would just roll it beside myself but i would get i would put it in like the tall wet grass yeah. to like kind of use a bit of the dew on the grass to like mm -hmm. walk what like get it rolling again and get the mud loosened up and then when i could actually ride then i would ride along it um along the sides along the grass and then like you know you get like bumped back out into the mud you try i'd try it again i know and <clears throat> uh and just like get all gunked up but it was funny there were some there was one guy that i was going back and forth with like he i think would uh Somehow he would get ahead of me, but then when we were actually running with our bikes, I would like pass him and he's like, and he made some comment about like, there you are, like, you're so fast on like, you're and I'm like, <laughs> I'm you're like, a triathlete. <laughs> I can run. I can run. <laughs> um, and it just, yeah, I just tried to, you know, it might not have been the most efficient thing, but I just kept trying to move forward. Like people would stop and like spend time trying to clean the mud off their bikes. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to like push it forwards, like keep going um, and just try and get through that section as fast as I could, like run with my bike when I could, like there was no walking that was all like running and kind of this like frantic scramble to get through that. Oh section. my God. And then Did when you... I went... Oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say when I got on my bike, because I had heard like how you, how you lose your derailleur is that you, it's all gunked up and muddy and then you try and shift and it just like tears everything to shreds. So I was just trying to like not touch my shifting at all, just like single speed it through the mud <laughs> and be like, I was just like crossing my fingers in my head, like, please, 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 yeah. please stay together, bike, stay together. So I feel, and like hearing about the carnage of people's bikes failing them, I feel so lucky that mm. at least my drivetrain didn't mess up. I just remember that, like, I can't imagine, because I saw, I start, you know, you start seeing the pictures of your race yeah. and like the lines of people. I was just like, oh, yeah. oh yeah. my God. And thank, yeah, thank goodness. Like I, there I was at the front of the race. Yeah. So there weren't that many people. We were quite spread out. Like uh -huh. there, like it really didn't feel like you were stuck in a lot yeah. behind people in a lot of ways. Yeah, because when I hit it, like I said, it was like midnight. It's like 1130. And it's funny, like you're just biking along and all of a sudden you're like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like, and then I started seeing like the lines. I'm like, get out of the mud, go yeah. on the grass. The because I was like almost by myself. There's like maybe three of us. Okay. I was going to say, how many people were around you? Yeah. Well, there was only three at the time when we hit yeah. it. Cause I had flown, I didn't stop at the first stop. And okay. like, there was like 
30 people there stopped. Yeah. I was like, boo, I stopped. I went pee. I trained, changed everything, older water and lights. And I'm like, out of there. But I just passed like 30 people. <laughs> <laughs> but then you could start, I started seeing lights. I'm like, this is really strange. I'm not that fast. I'm like, where is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting. And then you could start seeing them in the distance. And then there's like lights all over and people like stopping because then they, they came into the mud and we were there and I'm just like, and then you start seeing people stopping for mechanicals, like broken chains, like spokes, like derailleur, like torn off into their spokes. I was like, oh my God, that's that's just like you. I'm like, okay, just like, and I brought my, my cleaner tooth like that brush thing yeah yeah and uh and I just you know I just cleaned it off I just walked it I was just like but the thing is you go oh that that gravel okay it looks good over there yeah right get in it (laughs) you're like okay no they collect all those these big rocks on the way out just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god how long is this gonna go on for they're just like yeah I can't even imagine navigating that in the dark like well, you didn't know what you didn't know. That's for right. <laughs> like, just like, just like because, what the yeah, fuck? because <laughs> also like if you're riding along that on the grass that grass side of things, like there was a ditch and like mud on the one side, but there was a barbed wire fence on yes. the other side, and like I saw folks falling into that barbed wire fence. <gasps> soon as I realized it was there, I'm just like, oh no, like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. Like, just stay upright yeah. moving forwards. But there was yeah. some, yeah, there was some stretches where I was able to get on my bike and, and like go really slowly. But I was like, well, you know, how, how smooth is this? It's going to be big rocks, big divots, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you don't know what's underneath the grass. I'm like, oh, right. this is yeah. surprisingly smooth, actually. Yeah, it wasn't. There were sections that weren't really weren't. That was <laughs> for sure. So, how did you feel? Like, okay, like you're you're in this, and you're like, oh my god, like my position. Like, did you have an idea? Like, when I say a plan, did you have an idea of where you wanted to finish? Because you finished first in your category. Yeah. So I yeah. knew. I mean, yeah, I wanted to. I knew I wanted to finish. Uh, I wanted to win. Um, mm-hmm. I always go in to win. Yeah. Um, also like I, mm-hmm. as a professional athlete who like, at least in triathlon races against the, the women's category and, it, and like last year racing in the grand prix and racing against all these pros, like I wanted to see where I stacked up in that field as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I'm always kind of like pushing it to see you know, where I end up in like all of the categories. So my plan was really just to like, be, try and be as focused and as smart as I could throughout Mm -hmm. the whole day um, and just keep myself in it. And, uh, you know, in terms of like the non-binary category, that mud was just such chaos. I had no idea where my fellow competitors were. Like I knew that um, both, Audrey and uh and Apollo were like could potentially be strong competitors and so I didn't know if they were like in front of me or behind me Uh. or what so I just kept like going (laughs) wrong as like I'm just like I I hope I'm in the lead I have no idea but you know um, oh my god yeah it was nuts and especially like once you're out of that mud like my bike was still caked with 
mud. Yeah. It just starts flying off everywhere. You're like, well, it was flying off and then it just like dried and stuck on. And so I swear <laughs> my bike was somewhere. It was like 30 pounds. Um, <laughs> when I came into the first aid station and my crew like literally was using like Allen keys to like chip oh. off the mud. Thankfully my frame is okay. I'm just like, <laughs> God. Uh, but, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I was just grateful to get rid of some of that mud. Some of the crews had power washers. Yeah. It was I like saw a that, very eh? smart idea, which I'm going to suggest for next year just in case just in case yeah totally so here's a question for you because i listened to some pros who kind of tied it in because they didn't feel that their race well this is my perspective like this is how i feel that they didn't feel that their race was going the way they anticipated to go and then they decide not to finish like how do you feel about that kind of mentality mindset being a pro athlete like do you always race to finish regardless like would you ever pull the plug because it wasn't I'm, yeah i'm not really that kind of athlete um i didn't I, think so you're canadian that's why <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> sorry to all my american listeners yeah, really. I feel like, because this happens in Ironman as well, of like pros oh. who are in the races and if they're not in a place that they, you know, it's not going as well as they wanted, they're not like in a place where they wanted to be, then they will like pull the plug and be like, all right, I'll, I'll try again. Which oh. like to me in such a long race mm -hmm. And, and just having so much experience, like anything can happen. I know. So many things can happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just think it is a slippery slope of that DN of DNFing. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want, you know, like even just a mindset of like, oh, okay, it's not going my way. So like, like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not I don't want to finish. And like, I just think it makes for me i worry that it would make myself mentally weak in a way yeah. um but on the other hand because of just the amount of racing that we do mm -hmm. and um and the toll that the really long races take on the body mm -hmm. i do understand like if things are really terrible why someone would pull out of the race and not finish um, if they had like, you know, another race the next weekend or like, you if know, it wasn't their a race. It, it wasn't, their a, yeah, their a race or yeah. If they had other things that were like coming up that they mm. wanted to be fresh for. And it's like, if they weren't going to place how they wanted to place in this massive race that was going to take so much out of them. It's right. like, you know, when you're doing this for a living, um, you know, I think particularly for like Ironman, if you're running a marathon, like that is just like so hard on your body. Mm -hmm. and, and so if you can avoid that and like, you know, go the next weekend to, to another race that you're signed up for and go and tackle that one. Like, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, I can see that point. Yeah. But I, I can also, like you mentioned, it's a slippery slope for the, the DNFs, like giving yeah. yourself that, that permission. 
yeah. to not finish and then you know and i just yeah. i think it just doesn't look great for our sport i think that like part of never like a dnf on your name no <laughs> i i hate it <laughs> i'm like it wasn't my fault but no yeah i mean that's the thing you yeah you missed a cutoff right that- yeah so they they scratched me i much prefer that I've okay scratched, yeah, scratched but i don't know if that's beside my name but the thing is that you know i wasn't given the option to finish right i could have but i they they basically rolled up and say hey your your race is done <laughs> wow. yeah like the the they court- could have stopped you from continuing to ride though no they didn't they couldn't have they didn't i don't even know where they went after that but uh but i think it was just like the thing like oh okay and i get cutoffs because that you're racing for the cutoff so it was part of the race and usually you don't fit like you don't continue on like they do not can let you go on like but the fact that some other dude did it and finished in 48 hours right and they celebrated them at the end. Right. I was kind of like, right. Uh, what? Yeah. Like, why did he get to finish? Or did yeah. he just finish because he didn't like they he didn't he didn't let them take him off of right. course? I don't because obviously he would have been behind me. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah, you know, he was still on the course. Right. And uh, I finished at 1230. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of kind of bit me a little bit but because I but I didn't realize it at the time yeah I didn't think that far because I was with two other guys and I think that was it mm-hmm. <laughs> the influence yeah. of the other the wife showed up they're doing the 200 and before yeah. I even knew it they were like cleaned and changed and I was like oh okay, <laughs> okay. I guess we're done <laughs> we're like you know because we were gonna go and finish together but yeah, it, yeah. it was it's just the weirdest feeling but so like share a little bit more about like after you finished like your transition your keep going and how you're feeling because you know i know that like that was hard for everybody yeah and just continue on because that t- that took like what an extra hour two hours out of your time like yeah, being was, held yeah, up there hour yeah yeah maybe about an hour extra so um, how did and that right at the beginning so yeah. What did the last 12 or 10 hours look like? Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I, like, I think the longer yeah. one's way easier yeah. without being like stressed of going fast. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I bet. Um, I mean, yeah, I hit that first aid station with, I knew um, I had a bit of a flat tire. Um, front was going flat and um like so I had punctured it somehow and the um you know the sealant was like spewing out every once in a while and I'm like just seal come on please just like seal and it would be it would be good for a while do you have stuff that has seal has particles in it no (gasps) is that the new like does it have like carbon in it yeah this is the one at the I I just interviewed the guy no way the black ox yeah I talked about you yeah but they have, yeah, it has carbon in it. Yeah. And um, the funny I thing think... is that, did you, did you pick up some? No, but I've, I've, somebody was telling me about it, but I had no idea what it's called. So I'm writing this down. Yeah. Black Ox. I'll send you their note. Black Ox sealant and on Instagram. Okay. You message John, tell him I, I sent you All right. and everybody else message them. 
yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's one of the things that I put in very last minute. I picked yeah. up a bottle. No, I didn't pick up a bottle. I had a bottle from Barry Roubaix, but it had it had walnut chunks in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I put, that's the stuff that like Panaracer uses for their tires. Yeah, so that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I put it in last minute and I've been meaning, to, I, no, actually I don't want to open up my tire because it's too hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, no. but they say like if you had little holes, you would see like little bumps of like collective yeah. mounds of things on there. Anyways, I yeah. thought that would be kind of cool. So you were able, did they change your whole tire? No. So um, I thought when I rolled into the first aid station, I thought that it was like under control. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, it, it had like sort of, held itself around like maybe 20 psi so i'm Mm. like okay if you could just pump my tires up that would be awesome i've had like a little bit of a flat because i think the rear was leaking as well um and then and i start riding out of the aid station and probably like i think it was like 3k later all of a sudden it just like started spewing out again and like not like not good like going really flat and i'm like shit like this is not good so I stopped on the side of the road and I had passed this like big group of pro women who were um like coming into aid station one I had passed a big group of pro women who were like not I guess not having the best of days (laughs) but I'm like oh well whatever like I'm still riding bikes let's like (laughs) yeah still in this race maybe you guys (laughs) have like given up it in (laughs) like (laughs) screw this yeah um and so yeah I'm on the side of the road and of course like the big pack comes by me again and I'm like shit (laughs) um but uh because I think that had put me into like top 10 or something in the pro women's field and um and then uh and so I was on the side of the road and like humming and hawing trying to figure out what I should do I had some of that goop you know that it's like a blue canister it's called goop um and you just uh, blow it in and you just like yeah you like deflate your tire totally and then you in basically reinflate it with this and it's like a foam and a co2 all in one so i did that and it was like kind of held a little bit so then i like continued riding on with this like semi-flat tire still and maybe like and i want to say like an hour later so like time is so weird in this thing like i have no idea like when things were happening but basically (laughs) what happened in between my markers are like aid station one and aid station two. Uh, (laughs) I stopped maybe like five times to figure out my tire, like used some CO2s to pump it up, use the goop to pump it up. Finally. um, Well, no, let's not get there yet. Uh, So basically was like riding on half flat tires for that whole like five hour chunk. at least my bike didn't weigh 30 pounds anymore with mud. <laughs> but then it got really hot. I got really nauseous for some reason. Oh. I don't know why. It was like super nauseous for that chunk. Um, and uh, and then like maybe an hour or so outside of aid station two, the giant thunderstorm. Came oh, yeah, through. I remember that. So it went from like super hot to not hot at all. Um, like pouring rain, so dark, thunder and lightning, like scary. 
um with like the rain like you're like don't hit me, me, me. Just... and I'm like please <laughs> thank you I had I had like found some other folks and we were riding together a bit um so I wasn't I was like okay if we're all riding together like it's still safe to be riding here because I used to live in Kansas for a hot second when I was an adolescent I lived in Kansas and I have been in the like tornado warnings and like when the sky turns green and and like the tornado sirens go off and you have to like go and find cover and I'm just like I hope we're okay like I hope there's no like tornado coming um (laughs) it doesn't matter you're out and who knows like, where right? yeah, I don't know, like you look around and there's like literally nothing like oh, farmlands not even farmhouses like I don't even want to think about where I am just keep going yeah just keep going so you're like riding through these rivers you go from like the super hot mud to like super hot to these rivers of like water streaming through um uh, on the road from all of the the rain that is suddenly coming down and there's just like no end in sight for this thunderstorm i'm like how long is this gonna happen like this is crazy thankfully it did it tamed uh quite a bit but then like i really had to stop and fix my tire i had at some point i had stopped and finally plugged it i had never used a plug before i had only learned about plugs last year at unbound when like somebody was like oh yeah this is what you used to like see like your tire of a bigger yeah. thing like, oh i've never even heard of this before okay <laughs> so i'm like all right let's give me some of those this. yeah <laughs> so i put what they call a bacon strip uh, oh you did those yeah, yeah yeah got those in my uh in my tire um but then yeah it ended up falling out um oh, and really so I, yeah yeah ended up not yeah it ended up falling out uh, or just like not staying sealed. And so I had to stop again, just before aid station two to like, really like go for it, like stick it back in. And, but this time I'd run out of CO twos, but then my angel, Marley Blonsky shows oh, up. Oh, I miss seeing her. Yeah. And she, she was like, Rach, like, do you need anything? I'm like, do you have any CO twos? So she gives me CO two and like totally saves the day. So I get my tire pump back up. I had a hand pump that I was about to start using, but CO2 is way faster. Get that back pump back up, go. And I'm, I'm like <clears throat> en route um, to into a station to like a couple of kilometers out, maybe like 45 minutes out. And I'm like, I thankfully have my phone and cell service and I'm like texting my crew. I'm texting my head wheels crew saying like i'm gonna need a tire like i'm gonna need a wheel swap when i get in the transition and then and then the rear tire started to go as well and And the back one (laughs) yeah yeah and i yeah and i texted it again i'm like actually but i'm gonna say i need to switch out both wheels so they were they had a heads up that when i had got into aid station two that um yeah i i just like handed them my bike and they (laughs) swap the wheels out Mm. yeah but like had to swap cassettes over and um, oh no really oh wow but i mean like thankfully like i'm so grateful that my crew were my wheel sponsor so i was just it was like of all of the mechanicals to have right it was like the best one are Um, you with heed yeah 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 Um, oh my god that's good they were amazing so they were fantastic so you know coming out of aid station two i was like new set of wheels fully pumped tires 
ready to go, cooled <laughs> off from the rain. Fed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that is that when you head to the finish line? So then, that... yeah, with like the basically the second aid stations about like two and a half hours or so outside of the finish line. So oh. I knew it was like it was kind of felt like the home stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Are you like? Yeah. yeah. Blinders and, yeah. on. Yeah. And having like, I feel like for the majority of the race, I had not really ridden with people mm -hmm. for very long. But somehow, at some point in that last section, I got connected with one or two other people. Um, and this guy and I ended up like totally like time trialing it into the finish for the last couple of hours. And I was so grateful because that section in between, like that middle section, just being so nauseous and like, uh -huh. it's really hard to push through that when you're like really hot and really nauseous. And, um, yeah. and so having also, I remembered from last year, the last couple of hours, like that whole section from the, the second aid station, I was on my own the whole time and it was mm. so hot and my back was killing me. And I just remembered like feel, I was just like praying for the finish line. I'm just like, please, please. <laughs> like the faster we get there, the faster we get to get <laughs> the stupid bike. Um, and so- Did you do 200 last year as well? Yeah, I guess you had yeah. to, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I did the 200. So yeah, it was just like, it can make such a huge difference to have that like mental push for having mm -hmm. someone with you and like working together. And yeah, so yeah. That was a, I was really, really grateful for that. Definitely helps me keep me strong to the end. Yeah, I think that's, that's where I probably picked it up. Also, when I got some ibuprofen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh but like, riding with those two guys, even though they're doing the 200, I'm like, okay, let's do this together. Yeah. And, you know, just to keep pumped and, and things like that, because it, it is super, like, I spent a fair amount of time by myself mm -hmm. in the afternoon, like through that heat and I was like, my feet were killing me. My crotch was killing me. I'm like, I can't sit. I can't stand. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know? And, uh, cause we got rained on straight away. Oh yeah. You know, right. Remember like Friday afternoon when it poured in Kansas? Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. yeah. Well, we got a little bit of that, but we were, yeah. I remember looking back and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, biking away from that that ginormous storm but like yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a red so it was wet like the whole time yeah yeah so and it was just brutal Gosh. but uh but yeah when i when i finally i'm like how am i gonna get rid of this and i'm like oh maybe somebody has ibuprofen so i asked some guys they're like yeah here's some i'm like oh my god and that everything numbed up i'm like <gasps> i can like ride yeah. my bike yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what my um uh pro tip for crotch stuff if yes. you get sore, Vagisil. It's what? like it's like a numbing, it's like basically a, it's like benzocrine that is like meant to go on your genitals and it just like numbs it. And so it's like it's not the greatest because when it unnumbs after the race, you're like <laughs> Oh, I really did some damage to myself. Oh, don't worry. I felt that after but, anyways. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like during, it is money. It is absolutely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay, yeah. next time I go back and do something epic like that, I'll be because I did put some chamois. I did have my chamois cream, but yeah. I left it in the field. Oh, like I stopped. I was really by myself. It was in the morning. We hit another mud patch. Yeah. And so just fucking walking, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna stop and go to the bathroom. And yeah. I just stood there with my pants down. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just like sunning my ass. And then, That's and, so great. and I'm like, I don't care if anybody can see me. I'm no. so over this being in this shorts. Yeah. And and then I left it in the grass because I was oh. like, oh, where is it? Oh my god. I'm like, just a second. Oh no. Oh, brutal. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not the thing to leave in the grass. No, and it, it was just sort of, I had to chuckle and I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. And that was like in the morning. I still like had like full like 12 hours to go. And that, that section, I just, I'm like, oh my God. So I came up to that. That was another walking section, hike a bike. Oh. And I came up, I'm like, oh, it's so gorgeous. Then I look over and I see all these little people in the distance walking. I'm like, oh my no and more of it yeah i'm like oh anyways but um I, yeah i mean i guess that's a that is a good question of like and that came up i think with a lot of the professional racers mm -hmm. that, like should they have rerouted this around yeah what do you think i don't i don't i don't think they should have no no i, I think I they should have maybe like extended the well for us oh, like, yeah for the extended the finish time yeah. Like by a couple hours. Yeah. You know, hang out a little bit longer, you know, like yeah, three in the morning, might as well just stay till five. <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference. Yeah. But I mean, like I fully knew that there was going to be mud because I listened to a podcast episode. They were covering the, the whole, the gravel guru. I don't know if you caught that before, before the weekend. Um, and they were talking about each course and what was on it, what to expect. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. So I listened to that when I was driving down like about three times. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. So there's going to be like a really sharp 90 degree turn. There's going to be lots of mud. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay, I need to get this cleaning stick. I didn't, I had one, but it, it's funny because, um, you know, that the one with the teeth on it and the bristles, the bristles. Yeah. yeah. So when you have a 12 speed, you, it doesn't oh, fit between the cassette yeah. because they're thinner. Yeah. I was like, what? So I had to, I bought the, the other one, but I didn't, I never got any mud on my derailleur yeah. or my cassette Yeah. because yeah. I waxed it and, oh, cool. uh, or my chain yeah. and my girlfriend had mentioned that. So it was recommended. And so I did yeah. it and that was great, but everything was just gunked up everywhere else. So, so yeah. they were like giving little tips like that yeah. in the, and what to expect so i was like okay yeah i'm gonna be dealing with this and well yeah and i think that's the thing it's like it's not this is part of unbound mm -hmm. like know that if there is rain before race there is season, mud there is probably going to be mud it mm -hmm. is part of riding in the flint hills i don't think they like purposefully take you through like giant sections that could be mud it yeah. just like it is what it is and honestly i think it's because it's not just a section i think it's because it's been rained on enough it's yeah. just muddy like yeah. where are you they, gonna find yeah. better better gravel like two kilometers over probably right. not 
right. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be the same shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, but, yeah. but it was kind of interesting listening to people. Like, what, what was your take on it when? Uh, well, yeah, it was just like, yeah. To me, this is part of gravel racing. This mm -hmm. is part of Unbound. You're not going to get. It's not like riding on pavement where it's all going to be like smooth sailing the whole time, and fast, like, right? And fast, and like you, that you're going to be able to ride your bike the whole time. Like, it is a a challenging. Like, yeah. this is part of it. This is part of gravel racing. So yeah, I think it would be boring if like they were like, oh, we can't ride this part, so we're gonna. You that know, wouldn't be that wouldn't be competitive spirit i don't think or, or not something yeah or like, know, this, like this section's like you know too hard for them it's we too, should... a little bit too hard yeah so no i think you're yeah i totally agree with you like yeah. you're not you're going there for the experience and this is part of it and um you know it's not going to be handed to you Right. Yeah. You had yeah. to work for yeah. it. I was yeah. like, and I was just thinking about that. We're at work for this finish. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my and God. We, yeah. And I, you know, I've, I've been thinking too, like, would my opinion be different if like the mud had taken my derailleur out or if like I had had like a day ending mechanical yeah. um, and like, I really don't think so it's it's easy to say from this side of things but yeah. you know i do i think i do honestly believe that like especially for unbound especially for like this race has been around for a very long time mm -hmm. know the type of environment that it is in it's yeah. not like this is anything new and like right. out of the blue right yeah like yeah yeah no i know i totally agree and i i love the fact that it was challenging yeah. And I just remember thinking to myself, because I, I was starting to pass girls that are pulled, like, decide to quit, mm. or they had a mechanical, and I'm like, oh, my God, my, my, I, these, this is good. This is getting better for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, my odds are looking good. Now yeah. I just have to finish, you know, like, yeah. and, um, but the thing is that I just remember passing one girl, it was like a steep like gravelly uphill and and i was like are you okay she's like yeah i'm just getting a call for a pickup and i just thought to myself pick up where we're like in the like where are they picking you up yeah <laughs> like what road are they gonna and how far are you gonna have to go to get out of here i'm like yeah. i never want to be in that situation you yeah. know what i mean i'm just like oh my god yeah. and uh and i was just like that's so crazy and i'm like and I was just like, I don't know, don't know where I am. Like, how could I decide to quit in the middle of like Kansas? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I really, I, I really did not have anybody to pick me up. Right. Like I kind of yeah. did, but like I had a couple numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had no cell reception. No. no. So my, I'm just like, Sylvie, you gotta keep going. Yeah. It was yeah, just, yeah. How did you feel after like, well, you had some really great photos for your finish, but how did you feel like after? Like, I was kind of like, oh my God, that was the toughest shit I've ever been through. Yeah, I, um, for some reason, like quite, like last year, my lower back started hurting in the last couple of hours of the race, but this mm -hmm. year it started like within the first three hours. Oh. So it was like 10 hours of like being in pretty bad lower back pain. And so like afterwards it was just like, I was incredibly stiff 
um, just, I, you know, my legs were absolutely fried, like completely mm -hmm. trashed. Um, <laughs> trashed. Trashed. <laughs> and, um, and it's like, I don't know, just, I, I guess I'm like, I feel pretty experienced of like racing a lot of like nine to 10 hour races with Ironman that like, right usually feel quite nauseous you know you that you need to eat and that you're like actually super hungry but like you don't actually right. feel like eating anything mm -hmm. um and uh like the next morning just feeling super groggy but like ultimately i had i was really proud of how i raced Mm -hmm. um, I was really proud of just like getting through it and really happy with my finish um and uh and just like so to me racing gravel like I really do feel like it is a family to me it's and especially at Unbound it just I felt so surrounded by like love and support and like acceptance and just like people who see me for me mm -hmm. um that and my crew like had my sponsor they are just like really unbelievably wonderful people um and i was just so grateful for their help and support um like it could not have done the race without them that you know it i just had i was just like euphoric in a lot of ways just like really really happy with with yeah the day. yeah that's good yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god. No, is your back is that from an underlining no, injury or not, just no, I'm not really it's... sure. I mean, I don't spend like because I'm still mostly training for triathlon, most right. of my training is on mm -hmm. the TT bike. And so I don't I had like one six hour ride on the my gravel bike <laughs> as my training for <laughs> That's okay. Sure. Yeah, totally. That's uh, six, you know. <laughs> so I am like I had a couple more longer rides last year under my belt before Unbound, so it wasn't as bad. <laughs> so that was probably part of it. It was just like not spending as much time on the bike. Um, I'm not s exactly sure, it, and it definitely has like continued. I'm still dealing with a super tight lower back because I had to once the um, once I finished the race, I had to drive the thirty three hours back to Vancouver over the next week. So oh, like, wow. I was basically like five or six, no, seven, six days after like every day in the car driving back, which was not the greatest for my body after such an effort. Whoa. Cause I drove from Montreal. I drove from, Toronto, oh yeah. Yeah. From Ottawa. So that was yeah. 24. I can't like, I think that was like enough. Yeah. for me but yeah. i like i drove back and i stopped and, and yeah. camped and i yeah. drove a little bit and camped and just like got yeah. my way back there and same yeah i was okay by the time i got back like yeah. like my my legs were in pain by the time i left my knees were sore yeah and i think it was because like of all the mud i was just like jamming them into the the cleats and so yeah. i don't think they're like the straightest like they're like <laughs> you know what i mean i'm just like fucking trying to get my foot into my pedal yeah. <laughs> and then i can't get it out i'm like ah. <laughs> but, uh, but i was like yeah was yeah like, the neck the back yeah oh gosh yeah i know the neck 
totally yeah it is really incredible like just the aftermath of that kind of ride but but yeah. to be honest like it yeah it was my lower back and my crotch my crotch <laughs> yeah, like totally took at least a week to yeah i was saying by the time i got home it was kind of healed yeah. <laughs> like just sitting in the car for, like, <laughs> not riding yeah. my bike <laughs> yeah definitely a thing yeah. I told my coach after the race, I'm just like, I please like a couple of days just off the bike. Like I can't sit on the bike. <laughs> no, must go on. Well, I went back to Toronto and did a charity ride, like a hundred K Saturday and then under 25 Sunday. Oh, wow. And, but it was like really low key hundred K, you know, like yeah. bike 25 pit stop, 25 oh, nice. pit stop, eat, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so and the same way on the next day so just riding with friends so nothing like you know intense which yeah. was kind of nice yeah. um i was just like oh i don't know how it's gonna pan out right <laughs> <laughs> i'm like jesus but i was okay but so i wanted to ask you because last year when we talked you were getting right into unbound uh, not into unbound into lifetime and completely moving a little bit away from triathlon and getting into i remember you you were starting to mountain bike like learning how to mountain bike and yeah. getting on a gravel bike and it was all super new and so i just had to ask like how how that like because you you had really great results and you you did everything and but i know i also saw that you had took a little cup of spills on your mountain yeah. bike <laughs> yep learning but how did how did last how was that like last summer like that different transition from like triathlon to to doing that whole series yeah I last summer was like honestly last year was like one of the best years of my life was it absolutely awesome. hands down um for so many reasons and I think one of those was just like a little bit of that like at least in a mentality step away from triathlon and mm -hmm. like being forced and having the opportunity to do some of these crazy things like Leadville 100, like racing, yeah. like never in my life would I have dreamed that I would be doing that. But I'm like, but it was <laughs> like, okay, it's part of the Grand Prix. Like I have to do it. And <laughs> it was such an incredible experience because I also not, I thought that my year was, my season was going to be like taken over by like the Grand Prix, but I fit in a lot of triathlon and I kicked mm -hmm. ass at a lot. Yeah, you did really well. Like I won two races, got great results at like the PTO open races, like just really had an incredible season and got to race like five weekends in a row of all the things. It was oh like... God so amazing um i just yeah it was it was like a really really incredible experience and like i wasn't super new to gravel racing but i was new <laughs> to gravel racing at this level that, yeah um and like these distances like i never intensity in too like and yeah absolutely and so um yeah uh, the and the mountain biking was just like an exponential learning curve <laughs> and like I'm so you know the best thing that I ever did the one of like the highlights last year was doing two weeks before Leadville 100 they have the stage race 
So I got in and was able to do the Leadville, the stage race, which is basically the 100 course broken up over three days. Oh, that's a great and idea. So I got to like ride the whole course, race it, um, see where I stacked up, like Crystal Anthony and Kristen Legan were there. And so like the three of us were kind of like racing together mm -hmm. as part of the Grand Prix folks um and made like massive mistakes especially on the first day i had my tires like totally over pumped and oh forgot well, that's okay. like, you would <laughs> what kind of ride was that <laughs> yeah it was it was terrible i was like why i'm like i swear i have bike handling skills like how <laughs> am i slipping and sliding all over the place Plus on like the first, for the first like hour of the race, I'd forgotten to like put the suspension on, on my front oh. and like locked it out. And so like the first technical descent, I totally went down and <gasps> was so mad. After that first, like and completely, I had the, the week or two, two weeks prior had crashed at Crusher and the Tusher and had like scraped up one elbow on one of the descents and then like two weeks I had just healed that and crashed at the stage race on the first day scraped up the other elbow <laughs> so I was just like you know road rash it's like super yeah. painful yeah I was, like I sat in my hotel room that night and was just like crying and was Aww. like I am like this is so terrible like I am so I'm so sick of being like having scabs all over myself and like being in pain but thankfully I got some tips on like correct tire pressure for mountain bikes <laughs> and the other were you there by yourself or were you with a... yeah, I was there by myself yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah um and so the, the other two days were like way better. And I just thoroughly enjoyed myself and was really surprised at how well I did. Um, and so, yeah, but that was definitely like one of the highlights and lowlights of my year. <laughs> year. I know. I remember seeing you go down like, oh boy, because yeah. you were going out riding. I think, I think you did something on a training ride like around your house or maybe it was oh yeah 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 i mean there were so many things so <laughs> that's like february it start, I started off my year i went my one of my best friends took me mountain biking he's a great <laughs> mountain biker um and i i cr i crashed going up something like basically kind of fell over but i hit my knee so hard that i bruised my patella so Ooh. I couldn't, I literally, I could not bike or run for like two months starting <gasps> in like January. And I, and like, then was racing the Ironman world championships in May had like, couldn't bike or run for this giant chunk of time. Um, while I was healing. Oh, wow. So yeah, mountain biking, like really, I have a love hate relationship with it because I hurt myself so much, but I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And now I know, now I see why like people travel all over the world with their mountain bikes, like going mountain biking. Cause it is, yeah. just, I mean the, like just the level of focus, it's one of it, you know, it's like, you're so in the zone when you're mountain biking yeah. and it's like the cool, like so like neat trails that you can go down and like ride i don't know it's just like beautiful places that you can go that you can't get with anywhere else too like yeah anywhere how else like 
yeah, it's just a very, very cool. So I'm a little bit sad to not be mountain biking this year. I was just going to ask you if you've yeah. <laughs> tried to add any of it. No, I'm not even. allowed. You know, <laughs> coach. No, coach not no. this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is this year like focused just like on your back to your triathlon with a little bit of sprinkling of gravel? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like triathlon is still technically paying the bills, like with no right. and, gra and gravel racing, it is really mm. hard to make a living at it. And that's, you know, where my career has focused for the past 12 years. Right. So, um, so financially, it still makes sense for me to continue racing triathlon. I still love the sport. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think because of my success, such success last year, with the like two 70.3 wins, like it, that was huge for me. And I think my coach and I are just trying to like continue with that momentum and flow um, and try and just like continue to kind of crush it in the triathlon scene as long as I can. <laughs> as long as you can. Now that's, here's a question. Yeah. Um, so then what's the the next plan after that? I know you have to have a next plan after that. Like using it becoming a coach. Um uh you know I don't know. Yeah. Coaching I mean, is natural like or yeah, I've like, I've tried my hand at coaching a little bit. I'm not convinced that it's something that I'm for you. super keen on. Mm. Um but I do like I would love to stay in the sport. I actually like to be honest, I have no plan. Like my I have I have ADHD and so like my future <laughs> is like the next week. <laughs> right. I am not the greatest. I'm just like I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. Like we'll see what happens <laughs> when I get there cuz I don't know how long I'll be able to do this. Like, you know, I was just at a race with Dee Greasebauer who was 52 years old and still like crushing it. So I'm like I could still be in this for another like 7 years, you know? Like I don't need to I don't need to grow up yet. Oh. <laughs> okay. Come on. <laughs> Right. She got to have something on the side. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that with, you know, I have a couple of grad degrees, like I have an education. I think I'm pretty smart. Um, I don't feel like I really need, like, I don't need like a massive amount of money to live. That's not, mm -hmm. we have, yeah. Person. And so um, I'll figure something out. Yeah. I have mm. a feeling it might be a mishmash of things, but like it usually is yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a whole bunch of different things are, to keep you busy yeah and i think it's tough um i'm not sure if i need to wrap my head around the fact that whatever i find next i am is not going to be as exciting as being a professional athlete because you know having a couple of different careers or like kind of studying before this mm -hmm. And then just finding sport in my late twenties and early thirties and realizing like, 
holy shit, like all of this stuff I've been doing up until now, I was just kind of like, oh, it's all right. It, you know, it's, it's work. It's something to do. But then finding sport and being like, oh my goodness, my, my but, like job, like can feel like this. Like I can love it so much. And like, yeah. to, like do this every day and like, can't imagine doing anything else with my life. Like that's what I want my next career to be, whatever that is that I morph into. Well, what about sharing that love for sport with kids of non-binary, you know, like, you know, like, and because you found your love in sport, Mm -hmm. you could direct them into sport and it doesn't have to be cycling. I mean, you got swimming, running, cycling, um, got lots of things. Endurance sport. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd be an amazing spokesperson. Yeah like to go into schools and things like that I'm yeah. just thinking yeah yeah I have done some public speaking and things and obviously yeah. like, and things like yeah it's definitely something on my radar for sure and to think of something like a little bit more organized around that and there are definitely a lot more like diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. uh you know, outfits that are doing work within the community that I could get attached to as well. So it's definitely, I, just, I would just break out on my own because yeah. I know, you know that's the thing I like be like doing this for the past 13 years. I'm like, okay, no nine to five, no going. I to know. I know. I'm just day. like, I'm like you too. I'm like, oh, my what can I do? no boss. <laughs> I don't want to work for anybody else. It's totally true. I totally yeah. feel you. Yeah, I'm just like, cause like, oh, I'm gonna start looking for a nine to five job. Then like, but I do like, and that's kind of where I'm at, cause like I'm doing like something on the side, but I'm doing my club and I'm doing some yeah. coaching and, yeah. and um, but there's different things that I want to get into, and I know that I can't do it by myself. It's gonna yeah. be part of a job. Yeah. Um, and you know, if that's like a five year thing, what's well, a five year thing? Then I can, you know, learn from it, start doing my own thing anyways yeah. that's just what i'm thinking but i'm like you i'm like give my brain dopamine today yeah i'm like oh oh i'm like a squirrel <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> but i know so something will land in our lab and we'll be like that's uh, yeah. it that's I, I it but I just want to thank you so much um, for jumping on the podcast again. It's been such a pleasure uh, speaking with you. And I look for it. Are you going to be back? Are you going back to Unbound next year? I sure hope so. Yeah. I can't. All right, well, yeah. I, I have to. I have to go and finish off. Now I'm just, I have to go off and finish started. off. Yeah, what I started. I'm just saying that Strava picture is like going to kill me. It's like me. Missing that little section. Oh, yeah, but I'm missing the section. I'm like, no. Oh, no. Yeah. That's got to that's gotta be gotta finished. Finish, finish that circle. That's right. That's well, right. I will go, see go. You there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll see you there. And uh, hopefully, we'll, maybe we'll see each other, talk to each other before then. But uh, yeah, that would be so awesome. But I want to thank you and I hope everybody enjoyed this episode because I'm I'm just super excited. I got to talk to you more about it. Um, I know we saw each other in the, in the restaurant. I'm like, I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so 
So anyways, thanks so much again. And thanks to our audience for tuning in. Make sure you follow Rach. Where, where are you? You're on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's a bit best Rachel McBee. At Rachel McBee. Yep. R-A-C-H-E-L-M-C-B. Yeah. And Secrets from the Saddle podcast on Instagram. So with that, have an amazing day, everyone. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was pretty eye-opening for me because we always think that, oh, you know, maybe it's just so easy for the pros at the top. But as we see, everyone goes through their own experience when it comes to gravel racing. And Raish's experience was no different than mine, possibly a little bit, you know, we're serious, but we all made it through and Raish got to the finish line. Um, I will be going back to get to the finish line if it kills me um but i hope you enjoyed that episode thanks a lot and see you on the next podcast bye thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport i am so glad you stopped by today please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.